You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a special episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. This is a midweek of recording. Uh, for those of you, uh, you know, our special host is usually Dion, but she was unable to make it today. Uh, so it's just a bunch of dudes today, but we'll, we'll survive. We'll survive. Uh, we have a tremendous special guest with us, uh, Dr. Joshua Nelson. He is a pastor in Albany, Georgia. He is a leader, a social justice warrior, someone who's not just talking, not just putting up Facebook statuses, not just uh, tweeting controversial messages. He is getting out there in the streets and working for the cause of justice. I've known him for over 15 years. Uh, in my experience with him, he's always been sincere. He's always been a social justice warrior. My earliest uh, recollection of his social justice activity was when I was a student. Um, I'm not gonna name the school because it's not, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing that he had to fight for. Uh, but when I was a student, a freshman in college, uh, he advocated and protested and organized and had us standing outside with picket fences because they refused to put a HVAC system, a worthy HVAC system in office in our school building and we would be in the classroom freezing. And so he's about that life and it's a privilege to have him to be on the podcast today as we discuss this very important episode and he discusses and he, as you can see he's flashing the organized sign. So Josh, I want to welcome you to the podcast uh, and just allow you to introduce yourself a little bit to us as we uh, kind of start off our special episode. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, Pastor. Yeah, man. Um, really happy to be here with you guys. Um, missing our sister on the, on the, on the line today, but um, glad to be here. And uh, yeah, just, you know, have uh, pastored for about 14 years, um, pastoring now here down in Southwest Georgia. Uh, we have a church, uh, two churches, uh, school and daycare, um, vice president of NAACP out here, and uh, run a nonprofit with my wife called Mind, Body, and Soul Consultation, and written a couple books, and just uh, just doing doing my thing with organizing up down here, man. Just uh, started an academy called Activate Change Academy, right? Uh, train organizers how to do what we do here in Georgia, organize for change. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, Josh, I mean, and for our listeners, you guys saw uh, what happened earlier um, this month when the Georgia um, governor uh, signed a bill into law uh, in conjunction with the Senate, that um, state Senate that allowed for uh, the enacting of voter suppression. Um, this was um, astounding for some, disturbing for many. And we, it's important because the reason why we brought Dr. Nelson on is because he was instrumental in working uh, in Albany and coordinating with uh, Reverend Warnock and others to get the voters out. We And, and let me not even forget to mention Stacey Abrams, uh, who was monumental in that, but he had a strategy. He was out there getting voters to turn out. Um, and so can you tell us a little bit about that experience? And I'll pass it off to Phil to ask uh, our next question. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. But yeah, we swear you say all um, Al Benny. Yeah, let me saying it wrong. Al Benny, man. But um, no, nah, man, we we uh we down here, man, Southwest Georgia. People don't really pay us any mind. The seventy-five 
uh, bypasses us, you know what I'm saying, going down to Valdosta and all that drama with that happened years ago. Ain't nobody thinking we doing nothing, man. We out here organizing, man. So we just, uh, you know, right here, really, man, in this area uh, where we live, 100,000 people, metro area, 75% black, historic space, you know, King, of course, uh, uh, led his marches here at the very beginning. The historic thing is that he made mistakes here, got arrested, but what he learned and how important, quote unquote, failure in Albany was what drew him to his successes in other places. And so they often uh, cite us in that way. And so uh, we just kind of uh, revived the Albany movement, you know, of old, everybody knows the history of that, and just kind of begin to bring people together. And when organizations like Fair Count with Stacey Abrams and uh, BBM, you know, with uh, Cliff and um, Albright and all these other people begin to see what we were doing, they were coming down a lot more, man. And so they began to come down a lot more, um, allowing grants to be <laughs> one in this area, man. We were getting uh, money to hire people. And we just created a system, an animal, man. We just have, we're, we're, we're regimented going on uh, different uh, caravan rides to different neighborhoods, pinpointing spaces. We literally mapped out the entire county and just divvied it up, man, with different teams and stuff. And just really had a, a really tight, organized uh, machine that went through and just told people, you need to vote. And we were sitting there literally explaining it to people. And it just was real fun, man. But it took a lot of work. And um, we, we got the job done, man. The highest uh, amount of people in our area voted ever. Highest amount of black people. And we literally saw spaces that we went to, that, you, that we, places we went to and places we didn't go to, you could tell the difference between the, the turnout uh, based on where we went. And so it's just a big testament to just organizing and just really coming together and making something happen and seeing it happen. And then let me tell you this, man, I was, I was talking to some boys who were like, why should we vote? Why should we vote? They're playing some ball, man. They're playing basketball. Like, why should we vote? We don't want to vote. We don't want to go vote. I was like, listen, man, we break down like this. <laughs> I said, look, I probably wouldn't put it say it like this, but I said, look, man, you can vote for one side, it probably ain't gonna get no stimulus. Okay. You can vote for another side, you can get maybe $1,400. Which one are you gonna vote for? And they're like, are right, we going to vote tomorrow? I was like, that's what's up. So, you know, you kind of break, had to break it down for people like that, man. But really, um, I mean, you know, hey, you're a fiscal conservative, maybe you weren't gonna vote for me, that wouldn't have motivated you, but for them it did. So and we weren't, we were bipartisan anyway. You know, we weren't, you know, partisan. So, it was just, you know, whoever, but we just want people to vote. But we had a good time, man. And we learned a lot of things, learned a lot of things in the process. So, yeah. Wow. And so on behalf of the podcast, I want to offer thank you for getting people to vote and understanding the importance of voting. Um, my first question is, um, and I might be going to have myself after, and it sounds like you, you kind of told us that after the initial announcement of the highest turnout, voter turnout rate, did you feel it was successful or did you feel that you have failed in some areas and if you have failed in some areas what areas would you have learned from those mistakes as you stated as king did yeah you know i think it was extremely successful but i think that what we maybe underestimated was the uh vicious anger and attack uh from the uh I guess, conservative side that maybe looked at us as being, you know, more liberal organizations because of course we couldn't claim a party. But um, I think that, I mean, I think we, we did a great job. We did a great job, things were, went well, but I think that um, it, it caught me off guard and maybe it didn't cut, cut, catch others off guard kind of higher up there, but seeing what came down the pipeline with SB 202 that was just passed, um, you know, was kind of like a blow. It was in literally a direct blow to a lot of things that we did. Literally some stuff we fought for here in Albany in terms of stuff that happened. Like we had people uh, show up with guns 
uh, at the precinct that we were uh, at. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a whole other story with that. And we, you know, we, we literally dealt with the police coming in trying to attack us because they felt like we were too close to the line and we you know, weren't supposed to give out water and stuff. So I mean, we were fighting for giving out water, um, which we got yelled at about that. We were also there trying to get more, um, and we, got, we did, we actually found a grant for the city to get more drop boxes. And so you see, that's one of the things in the bill that says you can only have one drop box and it has to be inside. So literally like every single thing we did that we felt was right to do um, was attacked and um, in, was in this bill. So we kind of felt like directly they were coming for us, <laughs> you know, down here. So um, yeah, it's pretty interesting, but I don't know, man. I don't know what we could have done differently. Um, I think we ran a pretty good tight ship. I think the only thing that I saw that was pretty interesting you know, there was a lot of different organizations that were coming down to Southwest Georgia that weren't from Southwest Georgia. Like, you know, when Georgia hit with the, with the runoff, like mad people just came in mad money. And so it kind of got crazy. And I think I wish, wish we would have pushed back a little more because it was like, it was some stuff they were doing was wrong and it kind of came off on us. So it was just, it was some drama with that, but yeah. I appreciate it. Once again, uh, I just want to thank you for the work that, you, that you've done down there in Albany. Um, you just mentioned the runoff. Um, of course, there was something that was like, of course, in national news about moving forward. Um, did you have to do a lot more? Um, because from what I understood, even more people registered to vote during that time, as well as there was even an, another astounding number of people who went ahead and, and just asked for an absentee ballot. So. Um, how much more work had to be done when it was announced there has to be a runoff? So, you you know, first off, everyone knows how you were feeling when the votes were coming in for the November election. And we had just worked our butts off after that point. And so as soon as that came in, we realized, oh, snap, we got to do a runoff. Like, literally, like all of us organizers were just like, oh, we're just so tired. We just had to kick it into another gear and just push and we just gave it all we had, man. I mean, it was it was an amazing experience. Um, you know, we had to just do a lot more. Everybody else was kind of done and chilling in their states, but, but we were still fighting through, you know, for another two months. And, uh, you know, Christmas honestly wasn't the same. I mean, just, it just like, we just, we were in just work mode, you know, like throughout the whole thing. Like we weren't, we weren't, we weren't sitting here celebrating and stuff like everybody else was, we were, we were, we were focused. And so it just really felt good though to see such a camaraderie, um, you know, people come together and really see like, hey, like our vote does matter and it, and it does does make a difference, you know, it's powerful to feel that matter. So like all the work that you guys have done, what would you say has been the response in Georgia? Not obviously we know how certain people feel who are higher up and exposed, but from the organizers, from the, the people who are getting dirty uh, working to get people to turn out. What is the feeling after uh, that that bill was signed into law? Yeah, so obviously you saw what happened with Miss um, Park Cannon, representative, you know, we knocked on the door and I believe that the charge is going to be dropped for her. Um, you know, ridiculous, man. So, you know, obviously we were feeling that a few days after that, you know, we, we went down uh, downtown here and, uh, you know, we had, it was a little rally. Uh, I don't know if it's on Facebook, I grabbed the mic and just went off. <laughs> You know, cause I was just so upset, but um, but just really motivating people and saying, "Hey, man, we still gonna vote, man. Nothing gonna stop us, man. We gonna try to pull us down with this." Um, you know, people saying this is the most suppressive bills uh, for voting since 
uh, Jim Crow laws, you know, you're going to try to put us down. We're going to still vote, man. Nothing going to stop us. And I think that people got to taste it. And I feel like, man, if you tell black folk not to do something, man, we're going to still try to do it. So, you know, that's, what, that's how we kind of looking at this thing. So hopefully there's a motivation. Hopefully people see that if they're trying to do all this stuff and there's a reason for them trying to stop it. But I think the feeling, the feeling for a lot of us organizers have just been, you know, man, like really, you know, and just really trying to find a way to fight. Um, I know for Black Voters Matter, which is another organization I'm a part of, we have some plans. I don't want to say everything, but we got some plans coming up that's going to kind of shake things up. Um, one of the things I probably, I guess I can share, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but I can share this, that uh, we're going to just literally put a sticker to them with like, we're going to give out, in every county, we're going to give out uh, 202 water bottles. Uh, so just <laughs> for the 202 bill, uh, just kind of representative, like, you know, hey, um, you know, you, you, uh, you trying to stop us from giving water, really? Um, but honestly, man, a lot of people, a lot of my, a lot of my friends, they're like, they want to, they want to get arrested. Like we're going to get water no matter what. So, we, you know, we're just going to, it's going to get arrested. Like people are just ready, you know? So it's just kind of this, this, you know, I know that there's a, about four or five lawsuits for the bill right now, but we don't feel like they're going to really, um, go through. So really we've just been educating ourselves as to what the bill says. We can begin to educate our people as to what it actually is they can or cannot do. Cause there's a lot of little hidden things in there. Like, I think there's like, a, um, like you can get, like it's a felony now to hand in someone else's uh, uh, absentee ballot, I think it is. Like there's a lot of little felonies in there. You could just accidentally do, you know what I'm saying? Like be like literally a felon, <laughs> like it's crazy. So just kind of make sure you're educating people on this stuff so uh, we don't get in trouble. But I mean, giving out water is, fel is a felony. So, you know, a lot of them just saying we're gonna go to jail. But I don't know, man, it's gonna be interesting. Wow. Wow. So my question is this, in light of, you know, and we try to give the audience some brief what's going on, more information about you and what you have done. So the reason why we, one reason we had you on the show is what Major League Baseball did. Mm -hmm. And Major League Baseball, which is a historically America's sport, has said, you know what, because the, uh, the bill that has passed is considered voter suppression. Anyone could see that. And, and like you said, all these little things, how do that ring to you and, and to hear a, a sport, especially Major League Baseball, to say, you know what, we're pulling our all-star game out of that, out of um, Atlanta because of this? Yeah, I don't know how Babe Ruth would feel about that, man. I, I mean, let me say, I, I, was, I was really a surprise, really floored that the MLB, you know, NBA, I know did, doing this thing and you know, even the NFL, okay. Uh, you know, I guess that surprise, could be surprising, but I mean, MLB, it is surprising. So, and when I heard it, you know, I was kind of disbelief, uh, but I, I, was, I, was, I was happy, you know, because it shows that more than just politicians can see what's going on. You know, a lot of times you think about, and I think in recent years, especially with LeBron and how he's kind of brought it to center stage, like you've kind of, we've kind of, we've kind of been able to like put our politics and our sports separate and be, be fine. But now it's kind of merging together. And it's kind of upset a lot of people. I guess, of course, with Colin Kaepernick as well. It's just that's like the biggest example. But that's what people probably were so mad at him. But I think that you can't, like, you can't be like in a bubble. You know, I, I, you can't think that you just can escape the world by, by being in sports. And so that's kind of just bringing it again, full circle, you know, to the MLB's saying it. And so I guess now we just need, you know, you know, some, some, uh, you know, the hockey league. <laughs> to be able to do it as well but I think um I think that really was profound and uh um uh, what's you know I mean honestly it was gonna I mean it what you know it did hurt it is gonna hurt uh Atlanta uh because of the uh, amount of amount of money that would have been brought to there um 
But again, I mean, hopefully it makes people mad enough to say, well, if they did it because of this bill, uh, we're going to make sure we vote, you know, to to show our, our anger. Like, our, you know, if you're so angry about that, losing the money, then go vote type of thing. So, um, you know, so it's kind of, a, you know, it's almost like when you, when you boycott Walmart, it's going to affect black workers, you know, you know, but you still you still want to boycott because it's a big company. So it's just kind of, you know, always going to hurt somebody. But I think at the end of the day, it was the right move um, because it definitely woke me up and other people too saying, wow, okay, if they're, if they're about this life, then we need to really see what's really going on. They, you know, and of course the support heads who aren't really watching politics, now they had to think about, oh, what was this bill that was passed, you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, we here in North Carolina, we see, we've seen um, <clears throat> similar actions uh, stir transformation. So um, I believe it was, was 2017? 2017, we were supposed to have the All-Star game in, in Charlotte, but at the same time, uh, the state Senate passed um, uh, a bill that would not allow, that in essence tried to force people who were, um, didn't identify, they tried to force people to go to the bathroom that their birth certificate identified them as. Right, 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 That's what yeah. the NBA did in response was pull the All-Star game. And what you saw kind of happen at the next election, um, the governorship flipped from mm. Republican to Democrat. Mm. And the Democrat uh, uh, governor then said, dude, look, I mean, at the end of the day, um, this isn't hurting anyone uh, to allow people to go to the bathroom according to their, um, the gender they have chosen. Um, so, you know, and we, and Charlotte lost a lot of revenue as a byproduct of that. And so, you know, I'm glad to see that they did this in Atlanta because we've seen organizations make decisions for various marginalized groups. Even the cabinet situation that was done under duress. Evidence was damning. It was too much. They couldn't escape it. So I was happy to see that when it came down to the rights of people of color, particularly those African-American descent to vote, uh, that, this, that the MLB was willing to pull, or at least the corporate sponsors put pressure on them to pull, because what we're seeing is a reversion back to the Jim Crow South. And it's important for sports to say, we're not gonna take that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I want to also highlight that, you know, a lot of that pressure is just because of people like us, you know, who are just ordinary people who are literally, literally calling up our congressmen, calling up our representatives, you know, and just putting pressure, uh, literally marching down to uh, the Capitol or going down to Coca-Cola here, you know, there in Atlanta, and just you know, putting pressure. I and mean, even, even, I think it was, was it Coca-Cola who flipped on their stance, you know, about the bill? And so, you know, it, it's, 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 and I mean, these are things that I'm, you know, I know what's happening kind of behind the scenes because I'm getting the emails and I'm kind of in these groups and stuff, but it's just a lot of pressure being put, put on and it does change things. You know, people kind of think, oh, it doesn't change, but it does. It does. When people see, um, you know, us come together, organize, it does make a, a significant difference. So, um, yeah, you see that center stage of what happened with um, sports. I mean, just something like that. I mean, literally now the history has changed where the MLB All-Star game was held, <laughs> you know, because of the pressure that we put 
um, on the system. So I think that's pretty powerful. And it's also interesting because this year they were actually supposed to honor Hank Aaron. Aaron, So like when you look at everything um, from the reports that I have read that the sponsorships are still gonna do their due diligence to the community, which is still good um, just to help them out. But when you think about everything that's happened from what happened in North Carolina with the uh, H2B bill, and then you think about what's happening in Atlanta, it's like the MLB is starting to finally like turn everything around because as I don't remember, I think it was uh, Evan or Phil that said it, that MLB has always been considered America's sport. And so whenever we always talk about MLB, we're never really talking about anyone who is a person of color outside of Hank Aaron and all of everyone that we're talking about all these other players and now even starting back from the killing in kenosha last year um was it the secret tapes that came out that said no like they don't need to play everyone is going to show up and walk off the field like we're seeing that they're starting to make the decision to finally do what's right are they there yet no but it's glad to see that they're finally able to take those steps to show that what's being done is not moral at all. I agree. And definitely, you know, just like any any parents, um, when they say their child first take that step, you know, they stumble and we know major league stumbled and said nothing and and fell and they actually now took that first step. And, 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 and after saying uh, this all-star game from Atlanta, they have taken two big, Big steps, you know, first allowing the um, athletes last year to express themselves and their concern and, and supporting the, the movement, the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, that was the first step. And now this, they've taken three good steps. So, um, Ron, congratulations for, you know, doing the right thing. And, and, and most people have to understand this bill does not only affect people of color, it affects all the basically poor. If you're not making money, think about it. So one of the bills has that you have to put your own, you have to put your, the ballot yourself. Now, if your grandma is in a nursing home, right, still able to, you know, function and vote, how she's going to personally put her, get to the ballot herself, you know, water, these things. So it affects everyone. And I think the Major League Baseball actually realized it's not only affecting one demographic, it affects everyone. Let's be the first to step out. And they literally, they're the first to step out and did something. Congratulations. Yeah, man. And, the, you know, that you've heard a lot of these folks who are pushing for the bill literally say, we need to do something because we're not going to win any more elections. So when you know that it's that, it's that grimy, it, I mean, they're literally saying it. They're telling you why they're doing it. You know, that we want to, we were literally doing this so we can restrict the vote. You know, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's diabolical, man. It's, it's, it's sick, as uh, President Biden put it. And, um, you know, we, we definitely appreciate those giants standing up for it. You know, uh, one of the things in the bill, too, says that I think uh, that the poll will close at five o'clock. Um, and I think if you want to extend it to seven, uh, you have to get like a, some sort of official has to approve it. And then if you want it to go to as far as it can go is nine. And at that point, you have to go through some type of litigation. It's crazy because most people, uh, 
who are working, who don't have the luxury to just, you know, not their own boss, they can't, they have to wait till after five to go to vote. So, you know, you're saying now those individuals will have to go on Saturday, you know, on Saturday voting, and they've already restricted Saturday voting and Sunday voting. So mm-hmm. it's just going to be really tough for people, especially it was hard because I know when I was out there, you know, you have people who are just kind of like unmotivated to vote. And we got a lot of those unmotivated people to vote just because of how easy it is to vote. Not, even then it wasn't easy to vote, you know. So, so I they make sure that's clear. You know, it, I think the voting should be extreme. I think everyone should be automatically registered to vote. I think you should just, you know, be every, 100% of us should be getting a ballot here in Georgia, but I digress. Even then, but back then it was before this bill, you could at least say, here's your ballot, you know, just go do it, go turn it in or I'll turn it in for you. Or, you know, um, the polls open, I'll drive you to the polls right now. But it's become so much more restricted that those individuals I'm afraid who are already on the fringes, you know, I'm hoping that they, they've woken up. That's why I believe that one of the things with our community, as you all know, us young black men's big demographic that I, I, I reach out to is that we may not necessarily pay attention to politics. We may not necessarily know who our senators are all the time. We don't even know all the things, but let me tell you something, we're gonna be watching some sports. So at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, MLB try to make sure that if you ain't, if, if, I don't know, if you, you a black dude and ain't watching NBA, <laughs> you ain't watching NFL, if you watch MLB, hey, look, you want this thing, you want a sports tip, you're gonna hear it from all sides now, this stuff is serious. So I'm excited about that for Georgia and I'm pushing that for my boys out here and praying that we uh, still see the turnout, you know, for this next time. We got elections coming up in, in June and November down here. So we're looking forward to, to see uh, how we can fight back against this bill. And I hope I hope that, um, and Josh, you, uh, Pat, Dr. Nelson, you put a, put a good point uh, when you said they're literally doing this because they know we will not be winning any more elections going forward if we don't put some protections in place. I hope people realize this is how critical voting really is. Like, we've been told voting doesn't really work. We, you know, people highlight the issues with um, the voting system, the electoral college and all of that, which, which is flawed, but there's still the potential to flip and change things if we get out there and vote. I mean, consistently we've seen this country where they try to remove the rights to vote, uh, whether it is you have a felony charge, uh, whether it is, um, uh, now they're trying to make it harder and harder for you to get out there. Phil brought out the point that people, um, uh, if your grandmother's in a nursing home, how can she get up really there to vote if she has to come and vote for herself? And so they are trying to maintain control in the state of Georgia. And it's important. And I think I think we have to recognize too, um, and this is where Michael Jordan failed. And let's just be honest, this is where Michael Jordan failed Sports has always been an integral space in which race and and other political issues are worked out. Jackie Robinson integrating integrating baseball that that mattered, um, and it and it and it spoke leaps and bounds and created a, a future for for people like us in the sporting industry. And so we have to uh, work hard to get people out there to vote. Uh, and so you know. What do you guys think is the next response? I mean, we already saw what, what Josh was talking about, but my, my thing is we may see other things like this happen in other Southern states if, if nothing is done now. So what do you guys see as the next response to something like this? Well, I would hope the NBA, um, NBA and other major teams, you know, literally say, hey, we're pulling a team from the city. If that's to come to that part, pull your team from the city. 
we see Toronto playing in, in um in Florida. So you could literally pull your team and play in other states. It, it has to be to that extreme because where there's numbers, I've seen group there's power in numbers. And 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 like you said, Michael Jordan fell, and I have to give kudos to LeBron to make people aware what's going on. And like Dr. Nelson said, sports is the great author or, or the great storytelling of life. You know, how things should be or the best of cream to a crop. Where else can you tell that story that, hey, this is important. It affects everyone at every level in life by pulling, pulling maybe pulling a franchise from there or threatening to do so. We know it may backfire because, hey, what if it's something we don't agree on? So that's, that's, that's the little, you know, we have to balance. When do we pull... Then when do we use that exercise that enough power and when we don't? I would say, I wouldn't say exactly pull, but maybe like boycott games, right? Because a lot of those games, they impact the area. So if you're talking about like, let's say in Charlotte, um, well, I know there were fought sports, but let's just say a situation like this happens let's just say the team decides not to play. It, it may have to come to that. They may play other, they may play away games, but they may not play any home games. Now it may affect their pockets, but if it's a, a task that they're willing to stand on, I think that's something that they would also do. Now also, I know, especially in Georgia, college football is huge. Like that's SEC country. If any of these SEC schools decides not to play, oh, trust me, something's going to happen. Like, you're talking about Athens, Georgia, talking about Georgia Tech. I mean, maybe even with the HBCU. So you're talking about Savannah State um, and all the other schools that are down there in the Georgia area. So if, if teams or schools like that decide not to play, I think that would actually make a lot of noise because when you really think about revenue, especially in the state of Georgia, it's really those college teams that pull in all the money because you're having almost 100,000 people. Granted, we're in a pandemic, but let's just say like prior to pandemic or even whenever we get past this, like that's a lot of money and revenue that comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that, you know, in the sports world, you can use, there's so much power, you know, you can use that power uh, to affect change. I think the next thing is really to just kind of push some of these federal laws that can be passed since, uh, you know, that may be the next route that may kind of, um, I want to say cancel out what happened here in Georgia, but at least uh, you have to go to the courts to decide how it's addressed. Like for example, if, if, a, if, a, if a federal law says something that is contrary to the state law, there has to be some sort of reconciliation of how those things are addressed. So pushing for that can be something that can happen as well as the anger of what's happening on the ground. Uh, but this is spreading to other states. I mean, other states are trying to do the same thing. Mississippi, Texas, they're all trying to pass certain similar bills, Arizona. So we have to kind of really be vigilant. And so it is a thing where uh, it's not just about Georgia. Uh, it's about really, is it coming to your state next is the question. And uh, really letting people connect us. Now, I don't know. I mean, I'm think, wondering what's gonna happen in November elections, you know, if we see the turnout, uh, how, how the turnout will be, you know, um, and kind of what that says to the movement moving forward. But um, it's just, uh, just, you know, it's another part of the, the fight. 
And uh, again, you know, the more you have the sports world opening, waking up to what's happening, the better, uh, because you're going to find that now, you know, these type of decisions have not just moved from the, you know, like, you know, political world arena, but now it's literally, like you were saying, you know, um, Alan, hitting the pocketbooks. And so that's when it really begins to uh, make politicians think <laughs> a little more about their decisions and their votes. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you guys, I mean, Alan brought up, I think, a tremendous point. Uh, if you look at University of Missouri, right, you had the the the, the president forced, forced to be resigned because the players organized and determined that they were not going to play another game until something was done. Uh, because of his gross negligence over these racial incidences, right? Um, like in Atlanta, in Atlanta, Hawks, uh, they don't really matter in Atlanta. And unfortunately, like the reality, like I've gotten some cheap tickets, like almost to the floor in Atlanta because the Hawks, it's not a Hawks, I'm not saying the Hawks don't matter as a franchise. I'm saying to that city, that's like the last on the pecking order. Braves number one. That is a Braves town. Falcons are like, they are like a mix between Atlanta, the, the, the Hawks and, and, the, and the Braves. Depends on how good they're doing. Uh, but UGA, Georgia Tech, and his other programs, that those are major money makers. And so this is a, I mean, to me, this is, as, as Josh alluded, as Dr. Nelson alluded to, this is the beginning. Uh, if nothing's done, you're going to see domino effects. And so we saw that our President Biden passed um, the executive orders concerning gun laws. But he also is going to need to, the Senate is going to need to do something about this uh, because it, we can't go back. We can't go back. And let this be a lesson as well because all this kind of goes back to, remember during Obama's last term when the Supreme Court removed Voter Protections Act, he said, this is a grave mistake. And many of us sat idle thinking, ah, you know, things getting better. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of Americans uh, believe that we're in a post-racial society, but clearly there's something that has to be done because the progress we think we've made is strictly an illusion and the battleground is still uh, on, on full bore. Uh, Josh? I mean, tremendous, tremendous job. We want to continue to support you, uh, continue to see you succeed. Is there anything you would like to um, say before we close? Any way we, if a listener wants to know, get in contact with you, how can they do that? If they want to get be a part of your Activate Change class, how can they do that? Uh, let us know that now. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate being on with you guys, man. This was, this was fun. Uh, this was fun talking about these subjects, they're, very, they're really, you know, they really matter. Um, but yeah, definitely, if you want to get in contact with me, you can uh, hit up um, any of my social media platforms under Joshua Nelson, or of course, you can um, check out activatechange.academy, activatechange.academy, and there's a whole lot of different resources on there. Uh, some some uh, paid courses and some free courses you can take. And so check it out. We're actually, right now, uh, I'm doing coaching with about uh, 10 different, 10 uh individuals who want to want to learn how to organize and so it's not too late if you want to jump on that you can uh just just uh, hit me up and uh, we'll make it happen so we're here to make people get, you know motivate people to activate change man to get out there and do some things so we're hoping to continue that continue the good fight here in georgia we hit we uh it's a fight man <laughs> they coming for it we're gonna keep on this thing and uh, hopefully again every other state 
that's listening, y'all are aware of what's going on in your area. You're aware of what's going on. Uh, just be, be knowledgeable, read up, and uh, stay stay woke and do this thing, man. We got to protect the right to vote. So ladies and gentlemen, you heard it uh, from, from the Don himself. Uh, you can be a part of Activate Change. You can get uh, training how to organize. You don't have to be powerless where you are. You can make a change. Uh, in addition, you can see this background. He has uh, the Book of L. Um, we has Cultural Competence in Higher Education. He has some other books. So look up uh, Dr. Joshua Nelson. Joshua C. Nelson? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Joshua C. Nelson, you'll be able to contact him if you want to come speak at your event, come do some trainings. He's able to do that as well. I can vouch. He's done stuff for me. Great job. Great leader. Uh, and so um, thank you for listening to another episode of Ladies and Dudes. We'll check you guys out later. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.